Hello and welcome to episode 8 of A Need to Read. 8 episodes, it's mad. Thank you everyone for listening still. Um, I've just reached 1,000 followers on Instagram, so thank you very much everyone for sharing that. It means a lot to sort of, it gets it out to new people, um, someone that might even need to hear it or need to get into reading. So I really appreciate that, that's really good of you. Um, I want to start this week by talking about something that I've sort of implemented into my daily routine that you might be interested in also. <clears throat> There's two things there. I'm sorry for coughing just then. We've got Tim Ferriss. I don't know if, if anyone's heard of him. He's an author. He holds numerous world records. He's got his own podcast. He's all-round pretty talented, hard-working guy. I watched a video on YouTube the other day about his evening routine. So his evening routine consists of loads of things like a salt bath, all things are a bit too fancy for me to do, but there's one thing in that evening routine that I could implement, and that was about reading fiction at night time, um, as opposed to reading non-fiction. Now, I read non-fiction all the time. I've started getting into fiction since I've probably started this podcast. I hadn't really read too much on it previously, but I've started to read fiction before bed, um, which is one of the things that he does, and it's made quite a big impact. I feel like I'm a bit more switched off by the time I go to sleep, which is good. I sleep like shit for the most part, and I have done for about a year. Um, but this, I've seen some improvements. I'm definitely not like top sleeper, but I'm definitely sleeping a bit better from this. Something that goes hand in hand with that is Chris Williamson. He runs a podcast called Modern Wisdom. You might have known, I think it was on the first series of Love Island, if, if you watched that. I didn't watch that series. I got sucked in a little bit later than that. But he come from that and he's he's got a podcast now called Modern Wisdom. One thing he does is he doesn't have his phone in his bedroom. So I've started turning my phone off and putting it downstairs from nine o'clock onwards, and I'll probably get that a little bit earlier and a little bit earlier. All I'm really missing out on is a little bit of a spurt from the group chat or watching people's Instagram stories at night. And it's just stuff that I, I didn't really feel was too necessary for me. Um, so I've started turning my phone off. Once again, sleep getting better. It's good. And I get to read more. I'm not distracted by my phone if a notification comes up. Which leads me on quite nicely to the books I've been reading this week. I've read two books. Um, obviously, with Tim Ferriss's logic of reading fiction before bed, I've been reading my non-fiction book in the daytime. So that was Indistractable by Nir Eyal. Now, if you see it in a shop, you probably struggle to miss it because it's yellow. I've got it here. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to hold it up for you. It's bright yellow. Really, really hard to miss. It was a really good book. Um, it's really st- it's structured quite nicely. It's broken down into seven different parts and about 36 different chapters over about 260 pages off the top of my head. Now, that for me means it's broken down into really sort of digestible chunks. So you can read a chapter and switch off and it only takes 10 minutes or so. So if you're just getting into reading, you want something to slowly ease you into it, but you also want a kind of a non-fiction book that can help add value and sort of improvement to life, then Indistractable is definitely something that could be for you. Now, in modern life, obviously, we're constantly sort of distracted. Like right now, I'm scrolling down on my laptop to do the notes, which is going to take away from me talking. But we're constantly presented with different things like notifications from phones, emails, stuff like that. And I, like, I'm i getting notifications at the moment. My attention is just straight on my phone. I think it might be like fan mail or something like that, but it's probably someone like Miniclip or LimeWire getting in touch from like 13 years ago just to check that I'm all right during the whole COVID thing. I know everyone's getting those emails at the moment that's just like, 
oh, how are, you, how are you doing? I hope you're coping well. Do you want to buy any of our shit? And that's really annoying, but that's a that's a side side topic. So um, the book, Indistractable, that can be given to anyone. Whether in business, it's definitely good if you're in business or if you manage teams. It's got a lot of ways of sort of helping your team become indistractable, meaning that you can sort of work at a more focused work. But that doesn't mean like taking your work home. He's a strong believer in keeping your work at work. And he talks about companies that he's worked with that, in fact, the company Slack, if you work with them, they've got over like 10 million users or something now, and that was at the time of writing, so it's probably way over that now. It's like a instant messaging app for businesses, um, and the company Slack have different group chats for different things. They've even got like a Star Wars group chat just to keep normal group chat stuff to a minimum. The point that I'm getting out there is that company Slack, they don't use Slack when they go home. So many people take their work home. I, I, I see people do it. I don't do it, luckily. Um, but I have done in the past. That company themselves, they don't let their staff use Slack outside of work, which I think is a great thing. Um, and that's all of their part of stuff they've implemented from the book, Indistractable, into their corporate lifestyle. Because Nir Eyal, the author, actually works quite closely with a lot of businesses and runs seminars on, on becoming indistractable. Even on his website, um, even if you don't read the book, if you head over onto his website, it's got quite a few like interesting articles um, that you can get into about being indistractable, which is fortunate. Now, some of the like chapters that were my favourite in the book... One was around sort of your attention and and how much people don't like thinking or how much people don't like thinking. That's not great. How people prefer doing to thinking. Now, people don't like to get space and sit with themselves and check in and just sit there and do nothing but think. They always want to be doing something. In an experiment in America, they put people in a room for 15 minutes. They're like, right, just do nothing. But there's one thing that we've got for you here. And there's an electric shock that can be activated by pressing this button. So 67% of men within that 15 minutes couldn't sit with their thoughts long enough to just not press the electric shock button. And 25% of women. So I don't know what that says for us men, but obviously we're just bored easier or we have less of an attention span. It's probably not a good thing. Uh, but I've thought about it. If I was stuck in a room for 15 minutes and there was an electric shock button, I think curiosity would get the better of me. And I just, just to see, just to try, see what it was like. Um, but it's something worth thinking about. Do you think you'd be able to sit in a room for 15 minutes with nothing to distract you and just give your attention to yourself and, and your thoughts? Might be something worth thinking about. Now, it explores the fact that you're not actually addicted to your phone. You use it more as a sort of a distraction and an avoidance thing. Now, People, as a general rule, there are a few that don't do this, but those are the ones that are sort of wildly successful and they've got a story to tell and they'll tell you about this for sure. But we have this thing as humans as like, we don't actually want to apply ourselves to our like capacity and our ability because we're almost afraid of what would happen if we did give it 100%, which is, is an odd thing and there's definitely times in my life that I can think where I haven't applied 100%. In fact, I can pretty much whatever 25 years times 365 days is i can tell you that many days where i haven't applied myself 100 percent, and it's self-defeating but a lot of us do it and it's interesting to see from his perspective that 
someone as smart as him is going on about this saying that that's how people use their phones when you know you've got something better to do you're like well i could just check instagram or something like that which for me it stood it stood out to me and i was since reading this book i've definitely like, right well i spend way too much time on technology on instagram on all sorts of social medias so it's opened my eyes up to it so if you feel like you're a little bit obsessed with your phone or that you could spend less time in it then have a read of this book because not only one are you spending less time on your phone when you're reading the book unless you read it on your phone but who does that but you're gonna learn why and techniques on how to get off your phone as well now one interesting part of this book sort of towards the end he goes through a whole range of different topics so like raising indistractable kids um, and being an indistractable lover now I can hear your ears pricking up. In relationships nowadays, he talks about people getting themselves ready for bed and they get into bed and they're all clean. They've cleaned their teeth and they've had their showers and they get into bed for their favourite part of the day. And it's not having sex anymore. It's going on their phone and like switching off, as it were. I find that weird. I think definitely with my no phone after nine, I think that'll help me. Not of course there's anyone to help me with because we're locked down at the moment and uh yeah we're just we're locked down so there's nothing to help but when the time comes no phone after nine it's probably going to do me some favors and if you take it on as well it'll do you some favors and you can become an indistractable lover i think that's a pretty good title to have if you're one of those people that gets onto bed and goes straight on their phone and then they're neglecting their partner like it's only going to end badly because if you're not having sex are you just friends or are you just friends that sleep in the same bed it's worth a thought now there's another quote in here that I, I found quite powerful it's like being connected with the world takes away from our connections from the people that we're physically with in real life now that's weird and obscure that the world has gone to a stage that we're so connected that we're actually disconnected from real life I think that's a shame and I have quite a strong view on technology and its role and I'm such a hypocrite when it comes to it but it's definitely something I'm going to take on board and I'm more conscious now of having that phone in my hand obviously my phone's not in my hand it's right there because you're watching me through it but it's usually stuck in this right hand I'm on TikTok I'm on Instagram I'm on waiting for people to tell me that they like my podcast I'm, I'm doing anything I can to avoid doing the stuff that I should be doing and I've had enough of it, especially since I've read this book. So I'm going to start making little changes like I have with the no phone after nine or like making sure that I read before bed without my phone there to distract me. I think it's just little changes like that that I'll be able to implement throughout life. And I'll probably read that book again one day um, just when I need a bit of a reset. Now, all the sort of the talk about sex there that actually leads us on quite nicely to the second book. It's 11 Minutes by Paolo Coelho. You probably remember me talking about Paolo Coelho um, if you've listened to the previous episodes about The Alchemist, one of my favourite books ever. Uh, it's written really well and it's got a lovely story behind it um, about following your dreams. So I thought, because I liked him as an author, I'll read this other book, 11 Minutes. Now, 11 Minutes, it's not the usual kind of book. I hadn't read the blurb or anything before I ordered it. I just ordered it because it was by that author and I liked him. Um, so I thought I'd go for it. It's about a Brazilian prostitute called Maria. Lovely woman. Um, written in a way that he te he tells a story following her life from childhood through to I think she's about 23 by the end of the book um, but he also writes at the end of most chapters 
like it's Maria's diary, so he writes from her perspective of the events that have just come come by in her life, and and you see her change as a person and mature as a woman, which is really nice to see. And I find it quite strange that a man can write from a woman's perspective so well. So I'm obviously white middle class male, like privileged as it gets. I'm not a Brazilian prostitute. I'm not a woman. Like I've got all the privilege in sort of life that that I could have so I I don't know what it's like and I'm never going to be a 20 year old woman I'm never going to be a Brazilian never going to be a prostitute I hope unless things take a turn for the worse but um for a for a man I think he's like in his 60s 70s when he wrote this book it's nice to see that he can write from that perspective and I felt like I connected with the character in a in a is a strange way I'm struggling to get my words out and of course now that I'm videoing this I can't really cut this out for for the podcast but um being stuck for words is only natural people just to let you know I'm gonna move on I I want to know what I want to know actually is if you're a female which of course some of you will be and you read this book I want to know what your perspective is on the way that he wrote it in terms of like his her diary and her diary entries stuff like that and going through her thoughts and feelings I think it'd be really interesting to get your opinion on how it's written so if you buy the book um and you read it and you like it or you don't like it let me know send me a message i want to know your thoughts about it um from a woman's perspective if you're a man i want to know your perspective but not so much because i am one um the book is about everything it's about love it's about life it's about travel it's about new ventures it's even got a bit of bondage in there um different types of sex it's great but most of the time it's about love maria is a bit of a hopeless romantic and i'm a bit of a wetty myself like i love love as as it is i think and that may make me wet but whatever i watched normal people this week on a, on a side note which is a series on bbci which came from a book and i'm definitely going to read the book and do a review on it but i was watching this book uh, watching that series and reading this book and I was like, oh, shit, I need to like plan my wedding. And I was like, oh, no, 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 let's find someone to marry. Obviously, I'm not doing that, but I've, I've snapped out of it. But there's moments when you're reading this book, you're like, oh, my God, love's so cool. What a brilliant thing to be in. But then, obviously, you realise that you're not. So, I mean, it's a bit sad. Or is it? It's one of those things that he actually goes through a journey about do people need love or don't they need love and what happens when they find love. It's a really interesting journey for Maria, um, the sort of main character. Now, the title, 11 Minutes, comes from Maria's conclusion that that's how long people have sex for. Once everything, once clothes are off, once you're in your bed, 11 minutes, start to finish. I think she's being pretty generous, if you ask me. Um, I'm sure some other blokes out there also think that's very generous as well. And if you're like, oh, nah, our mate, you're a liar. Okay? You're a liar. We've all had it under 11 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's very generous in, in her assumptions about that. It follows a story of when she grows up in Brazil and then she actually moves to Geneva in Switzerland. That's where she becomes a prostitute. She earns loads of money for a 23-year-old um for a 23 year old girl or 22 at the time absolutely caked so she decides she's going to move back to brazil and that's her plan and the story 
follows sort of it heats up at the point that she decides she's going back to Brazil because she ends up falling in love with someone, of course, because she's hopeless romantic and she falls in love all the time. So when she falls in love, obviously that complicates things a bit for her. And her plan was to move back to Brazil with the money that she'd earn and go and buy a farm for her family. Because she doesn't live in like Rio de Janeiro or the cities in Brazil. She lives in like central Brazil where everyone's really poor. So all the money that she has is going to go a really, really long way when she goes back to Brazil. So she made this plan. Um, of course, the guy that she'd fallen in love with was a artist. And he'd seen something in her that he hadn't seen in someone and he used her for a project and he painted her. And then he kept coming to the club that she worked in as a prostitute and spending time with her, paying a thousand francs. I don't know what that is in modern day money, but it sounds like it's probably a lot. Um, I'm just assuming that that's like a grand, which I think is a lot. I don't really know. Not really into that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so she she earns a loads of money and he doesn't even have sex with her when he first like pays like I think it's like three times he pays to see her and he doesn't even have sex with her, they just sort of talk, which is probably why she falls in love with him. Anyway, I'm not gonna ruin the story for you, but it is really good. And I found myself even last night, it was about half ten by the time I actually put the book down. I was reading for about an hour and a half, and I never do that before bed. Um so it must have been a pretty good book, if you ask me. So just to recap, indistractable by Nir Eyal. It's a brilliant book, especially read it if you're in business or if you feel like you've got a bit of an addiction to your phone, um, like probably many of us have. Or we'll all end up with square eyes. Do you remember that when you're little, when you'd be sat by the TV and your parents, oh, you get square eyes if you keep sitting there. That's how I feel like we're going to end up as a generation. Um, maybe people listening to this aren't in my generation, but let's just class everyone that's alive right now as part of my generation and we're all going to be addicted to our phones so read that book if you feel like you're a little bit too attached to your phone um, or your tv or whatever kind of device that you're watching stuff on 11 minutes i would read that if you're into stories that make you think about your own life and your own values um, because although it's about love and, and about money and about sort of in, enjoyment in life it does, it does make you think about your own life. Um, obviously, can't relate to being a prostitute or anything like that. But I can relate to doing things for money that I don't enjoy. I mean, it's not as bad as shagging randomers. But like, I definitely have jobs that I don't enjoy. And I was doing it purely for the money and not the enjoyment of the job. So it's, it's, it's a good book. And like I said, I really want to hear a female's perspective on like the diary entries from Maria, who's obviously the main character. Um, so please, if you read it or have read it, get in touch. Um, draw me an email. Uh, nah, don't. Send me a message on Instagram. Um, and we can talk about it that way. Obviously, last thing is the Daily Stoic, my little Stoic thought of the week. Um, one of the things that's quite sort of relevant from the, like the books that I've been reading is that you don't have to stay on top of anything. So obviously, I'm going to read this. I'm not looking at you on the camera. Um, obviously, if you're just listening, you can't see me anyway, so it doesn't matter. So you don't have to stay on top of everything. If you wish to improve, be content to appear clueless or stupid in extraneous matters. Don't wish to seem knowledgeable. And if some regard you as important, distrust yourself. So that's by Epictetus. Now, Ryan Holiday's explanation of this in the book goes as follows. One of the most powerful things you can do as a human being in, in our hyper-connected 24-7 media world is say, I don't know. 
or more provocatively, I don't care. Most of society seems to have taken its commandment that one must know every single current event, watch every single episode of every critically acclaimed television series, follow the news religiously and present themselves to others as an informed or worldly individual. But where is the evidence that this is actually necessary? Is the obligation enforced by the police or is it that you're just afraid of seeing, seeming silly at dinner? Yes, you owe it to your country and your family to know generally about the events that may directly affect them, but that's about all. How much more time, energy and pure brain power would you have available if you drastically cut your media consumption? Side note from me, Ed, quite a bit. How much more rested and present would you feel if you are no longer excited or outraged by every scandal, breaking story and potential crisis, many of which never come to pass anyway? It's definitely worth a thought, and I thought that was relevant because obviously the book um, that I'd read by Nir Eyal was a book about sort of media and, and its role on our lives and, and becoming indistractable. So it's definitely something to think of in that sense. Are, are we too connected? It's a question to ask yourself. Um, if you feel like you're too connected, then that book should would be good for you. Um, I'm still reading from the Daily Stoic. If you're enjoying that, um, please do let me know. I'm going to continue anyway because I feel like some people need to hear it um, but it would just be nice to know your thoughts on it but thank you for listening to episode 8 and thank you to everyone that likes and shares the podcast it's really nice to see so many people are listening and so many people like the content it's brilliant if you continue to like and share it and tell all your mates about it tell your grandparents about it tell your parents about it then it can grow and that's what I want I want to get as many people into reading as I can so like us on everything instagram facebook as well at need to read youtube subscribe on there like the videos comment on them if you like them um the more engagement the more people are likely to see it so thank you very much for listening to episode eight once again and i'll be back next week for more take care